and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number, should you wish to be a part of this year program, 877-973-7425. Happening right now, uh, Ukrainians are putting up TikTok videos to show other Ukrainians how to drive abandoned or captured Russian military vehicles. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but a large number of Ukraine of Russian tanks and military vehicles ran out of gas and the Russians fled the scene. Uh, their supply lines aren't working apparently. And uh, Ukrainians now have all these Russian tanks now outside of Kiev. Uh, now I, I need to explain this to you. Why are people saying Kiev instead of Kiev? Historically, Americans have said Kiev, not Kiev. Uh, the spelling in Russia is in Russian is K-I-E-V for Kiev. And the spelling in Ukrainian is K-Y-I-V. Ukrainians historically pronounce it Kiev and Russians pronounce it Kiev, given that the Russians are the bad guys. A lot of people have decided they're going to embrace the Ukrainians and call it Kiev. I will call it Kiev as best I can, but I grew up calling it Kiev, so you'll have to forgive me. But Kiev is being shelled uh, for the first time since World War II when Adolf Hitler uh, ordered the shelling of Kiev and Kharkiv, uh, another city in Ukraine. It's happening right now. Uh, it is a brutal shelling that Kiev is undergoing tonight. Uh, the president of Ukraine, uh, Volodymyr uh, Zelensky, has signed papers asking to be admitted to the European Union, and the European Union is responding very rapidly. Uh, Vladimir Putin is, in 48 hours this weekend, managed to overthrow the entire world order. What I mean by this is Switzerland the most neutral place on planet Earth would not even impose sanctions on Adolf Hitler is imposing sanctions on Vladimir Putin. Uh, Russian bank accounts in Switzerland are being frozen. Most of the Russian oligarchs have accounts in Switzerland because uh, the Swiss are so neutral and have never imposed sanctions in their lives and they're going to do so for the first time in history. Germany, which has been a pacifist nation since World War II, uh, has reversed itself in addition to now supporting blocking Russia from the SWIFT banking transaction service, has decided it's going to increase its military spending by 2% of GDP. Interestingly enough, 2% of GDP, if it sounds familiar for you, that's what Donald Trump wanted NATO nations to do, particularly Germany. He wanted Germany to increase its military budget by 2% of GDP. The Germans are now doing that. They are also sending armaments to Ukraine. The Swedes, also a neutral country, sending armaments to Ukraine. Now, as someone who is part Swedish, I, I will tell you, uh, this one's a big one for me and very notable. They're going to send anti-tank weapons, helmets, and body armor. Uh, this is not something that the Swedes do. The Swedes tend to send stuff to UN peacekeeping missions. They don't send it uh, to countries at war, and yet they are doing it here. For the first time... In multiple generations, the Finnish people, 53%, want to join NATO. The Finns for years have kind of straddled being NATO-Russia friendly with sympathies towards the West. Uh, the, the Finnish 
now want to join NATO. Not a plurality, but a majority of them. Only 20 some odd percent say don't do it. The Japanese are now looking at uh, nuclear trades. The Japanese would like to take Ameri uh, host American nuclear weapons. The Japanese have been historically adamantly anti-nuclear weapon. They would now like to host American nuclear weapons. The Japanese and Russians have regular skirmishes over islands in the North Pacific. Kosovo, where NATO had been bombing things in the Bosnian War and the like, uh, Kosovo is asking for immediate entry into NATO and has specifically requested an American military presence be permanent in Kosovo. Kosovo would like an American military outpost. They're begging for it. Vladimir Putin has aligned the world against him. And he's saber-rattling about nuclear weapons. You should have seen the looks on the faces of his generals when he said to send them to readiness. I mean, the generals' eyes nearly popped out of their heads. Clearly, this is a propaganda effort in Russia to show that he's serious. Maybe he'll use them. He certainly is unstable. My personal theory is that for four years, when Donald Trump was president, Putin did nothing. And it was because Donald Trump was so unpredictable. And so I'm, I'm my, my personal pet theory is that Putin is behaving uh, irrationally and erratically trying to model in his mind what he viewed as Donald Trump so that it leaves the whole world guessing and they let him have his way with Ukraine. But it's not working. The ruble, the Russian currency, is crashing. The Russian economy is freezing. But the United States of America is resisting doing much. I am disappointed in the president of the United States. He, despite the glowing press he's getting from people who are worried about a Republican wave in November, the president of the United States is not actually doing all that much. In fact, according to the Washington Post, we were surprised by the sanctions. This is a quote from the Washington Post. Quote, surprised by the unusually rapid European decision to send arms and aircraft to Ukraine, the White House scrambled over the weekend to catch up in drafting its own related measures, according to one American and one European official. I need you to understand this. This is not something new. We've been expecting the Russians to make moves on Ukraine since at least October of last year when the White House started meeting and discussing what to do and what sanctions to impose. The other day, Joe Biden addressed the nation and said that the sanctions that he imposed were never meant to deter Russia, but Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, Kamala Harris, the Vice President of the United States, and Jen Psaki, the White House Press Secretary, had all in the preceding day said the sanctions had been designed to deter the Russians. After the Russians were not deterred, Joe Biden said, ah, no one ever said they were meant to deter. Yes, as a matter of fact, Mr. President, your own White House said that the sanctions were meant to deter. It's what you yourself said. And yet now you've changed your mind and are on damage control. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. It has to show this is going to take time. That was February 24th. Here's Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, 
The president on believes February the 11th. sanctions are intended to deter. And in order for them to work to deter, they have to be set up in a way where if Putin moves, then the costs are imposed. But if you believe... This is Kamala Harris on February 20th, four days before the president said no one ever said the sanctions were meant to deter. Putin has made up his mind. What leverage do you really have? Why not put those sanctions in place now? The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. The deterrence effect of these sanctions is still a meaningful one, especially because, remember also, we still sincerely hope that there is a diplomatic path out of this moment. The purpose. This is Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, on the same day, February 20th, four days before Joe Biden, said no one in his administration ever said the sanctions were meant to deter. Here he is with Dana Bash on CNN. The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. As soon as you trigger them, that deterrent is gone. And until um, uh, the last minute, uh, as long as we can try to bring uh, a deterrent effect to this, uh, we're going to try to do that. Our hope. This is Jin Psaki the day before the president said no one in his administration ever said they were meant for deterrence. Is that uh, Putin will decide to de-escalate, uh, that he will feel uh, the threat of the uh, sanctions, what the impact will be on the Russian economy, uh, on the Russian people, on the people who surround him. Uh, they are meant to have a deterrent impact, that he will feel the weight of being a pariah in the global community. And the president said no one in the White House said they were meant to deter. But there's more. Grandpa Dementia is trying to use loud voices to get you to forget his moral cowardice in Afghanistan where he left Americans stranded. An administration that left Americans stranded in Afghanistan uh, clearly lacks the moral courage to be aggressive on behalf of Ukraine. And in fact, Eli Lake is reporting the National Security Council has been debating about giving real-time intelligence to Ukraine. Would it make Americans co-belligerents under international law? Additionally, we know from Foreign Policy Magazine, the White House has been worried about giving arms to Ukraine because would it make us co-belligerents? Now, keep in mind, this is the same administration that was willing to share our intelligence about Russia with China, and the Chinese pass it on to the Russians. So we won't share real-time intelligence with Ukrainians, but we will share intelligence with China and let them pass it on to Russia. Additionally, we've stopped a, a uh, FBI investigation into Chinese spying because we're afraid of the academic blowback. It was an investigation of academics in the United States spying on behalf of China, and we've shut it down because we're afraid of upsetting the Chinese. And we won't help the Ukrainians. Not only that, uh, Javier Blas, a reporter, says the White House, in a call with reporters, made very clear it's not. It's actively making sure the SWIFT bans the Russians banning them from the SWIFT banking system do not impact energy pay payments. We will not impact Russian energy payments. And Jin Saki says we are not going to expand our fossil fuel production 
in this country to make us less dependent on Russian oil. I would also note that on oil leases, what this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and need to and we need to look at other ways of process of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil. So uh, I'm not sure we agree with that assessment of what needs to happen. Friends, y'all, no one wants to criticize the President of the United States in the midst of a foreign crisis. It is the American habit that when the world is in crisis, we stand behind the President. But it is not siding with Russia, nor is it an act counter to patriotism, to point out that the President of the United States has been dithering and leading from behind. Joe Biden, in his refusal to act decisively, has put you and me in a position of paying for Russia's war in Ukraine. We are importing 500,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia, and that money goes into the hands of Vladimir Putin, who can fund his war in Ukraine. This president, with his sanctions, is allowing the Russians not just to sell oil and natural gas openly without sanction, but wood and uranium. They're all considered energy products. Wood, yes. Harvesting Russian trees and selling them is considered energy, and we're letting them do it. We've known since October the Russians were planning an invasion of Ukraine. We had since October to get the sanctions right and firm and get everything in position. And according to the Washington Post, just this weekend, surprised by the unusually rapid European decision on sanctions, the White House scrambled over the weekend to catch up in drafting its own related measures. We've known about this since October, and this White House is still in committee meetings wondering if we will be co-belligerents for doing the right thing. Sometimes you have to do the right thing and let the chips fall where they may. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, this reminds me of, of Saruman, the white wizard, who constantly dragged everyone to committee meetings, literally, in the books, dragged everybody to committee meetings and dragged the process out so he could let the bad guys build up to the point where they couldn't be stopped. That's what's happening in our White House. The cause is a righteous one, the defense of the Ukrainian people and their homeland. All of the world has rallied. And the United States rallied rhetorically under Joe Biden. And people want you to praise him for rallying rhetorically to Ukraine. But his words mean nothing if there are not corresponding actions. And he had to be pressured by Europe. This morning, the Americans are announcing we will send military aid to Ukraine in the form of Stinger missiles and a few other instruments of war. Why did it take this long? Ukraine has been at war for a week while Joe Biden has been in committee dithering over the legal implications. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me very precisely of Bill Clinton in the 1990s allowed his foreign policy to be directed by a bunch of lawyers who shaped policy instead of him shaping policy and having the lawyers carry it out. And those lawyers shaping policy led us directly to 9-11. Welcome back. The phone number is 877-973-7425.
I want to explain to you what I mean when I say that what Joe Biden is doing right now reminds me of Bill Clinton in the 1990s. Now, I was a kid then, but I remember it and I remember the ramifications of it. In the 1990s, Bill Clinton handed over his foreign policy and war making to lawyers, put lawyers in charge of everything. And when the USS Cole was bombed, it was a lawyerly solution of prosecution. When the uh, embassies and, and American um, territories in Africa were bombed, it was American lawyerly solutions of litigation and prosecution. When the World Trade Center was bombed originally in 93, it was litigation and prosecution. And that ultimately signaled to our enemies that we no longer had the capacity or willingness to make hard war. And they developed a plan to bring war to us, knowing what would be the solution for us, litigation and prosecution. But by then we had George W. Bush and he was willing to wage war. It was a change. Joe Biden and his handling of Ukraine reminds me of that. His National Security Council is sitting around dithering, twiddling its thumbs, wanting to know about the legal implications of giving intel and arms to Ukraine as the Russians are running across the map. Meanwhile, Europe is stepping up and embarrassing them, so they have to respond. But the world is watching the Biden administration dither around with lawyers, trying to figure out legal implications for sound policy. That signals our weakness. And we should remember this has echoes to Bill Clinton, and that got us to 9-11. We're doing something new here at the show uh, by request. If you're a subscriber to my Substack, a paid subscriber, it's only seven bucks, you get all the stack of stuff every day now. Uh, All of the links to every article that I reference and then some will be in an email that comes out uh, around the time the show starts every day. So you have, because we get we get constantly, constantly, we get phone calls here. Hey, can where can I get the link to what Eric just talked about? Well, you can get it by being a subscriber. Uh, if you text the word show, S-H-O-W, to the phone number, 33777, uh, you will get all the links to the podcast and the live stream. So you'll get the Apple Play, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher links for the podcast. You will get a link to the 24-7 live stream so you can listen live anytime uh, or semi-live. And you will get a link to the uh, Substack page where you can subscribe and start getting these show notes. Uh, Every day now, you're going to get all the links to all the stuff that I'm talking about. Text the word SHOW to 33777. Now, speaking of all of that, uh, we got to talk about the polling One of the things I'm noticing over the weekend is the Biden administration and its sycophants in the press are attacking anyone like me for criticizing his dithering in Ukraine. My buddy Andy actually just texted me and said, I always wondered what it was like for Churchill and others to see Neville Chamberlain surrendering to the Nazis, and and I kind of have a sense of what that looked like now. By watching 
our president refused to be aggressive on Russia. He's leading from behind, letting others be more aggressive and then him playing catch up when he is the leader of the free world should be leading the rest of them. Remember, Donald Trump locked the Iranians out of the swift banking system through leading. He didn't let the Germans and Italians give him a veto. He just did it. And Joe Biden decided to give the rest of the world a veto. And now the rest of the world is running ahead of Joe Biden. It's remarkable. They will not give us national security in energy independence because they want us on windmills and solar panels. It's unfortunate, and it's reflecting in the polls. The polling for Biden is cataclysmic. It's really not good. Let me read you this headline. Remember, the State of the Union is tomorrow. The Washington Post ABC poll finds a deeply pessimistic nation worried about the economy and Biden's leadership. The president's approval rating hits a new low as voters indicate more trust in Republicans than Democrats as they approach November's midterm elections. President Biden will deliver his State of the Union address on Tuesday to a deeply pessimistic nation, one that largely sees the economy worsening under his watch, disapproves of his leadership on key issues, and currently prefers the Republican-controlled Congress after the November elections. Biden will be dealing with multiple problems when he speaks in prime time. Russian troops have invaded Ukraine, disrupting the stability of Europe and challenging the Western alliance. The sanctions imposed on Russia by the United States and its allies could hike oil prices even as the country continues to labor under inflationary costs. Meanwhile, Biden faces the fallout from remaining pieces of his domestic agenda that have stalled for months. 37% say they approve of the job he's doing. 55% say they disapprove. 44% say they strongly disapprove. Republicans predictably overwhelmingly disapprove, but most independents rate him negatively. Only 77% of Democrats give him positive marks. Donald Trump never had less than 85% of Republicans. Asked whether they would prefer the next Congress to be in the hands of Republicans acting as a check against the president or in Democratic hands to support Biden's priorities, 50% of adults say they would rather have Republicans in charge. 49% of registered voters say they'd support the Republicans, while 42% say they would vote for the Democrats. For perspective, this is high. This is a wider margin for the GOP than in 2010 or uh, 2014. Two big wave years for the GOP. It's also higher than the uh, wider margin than the, what the Democrats had in 2018, although it was the Democrats were on the upside then. Joe Biden, I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing where Joe Biden is, is good on in this polling. It's bad. And then there's even worse. This is from CNN. In a new NPR PBS Marist College poll, of Americans say Biden's first year in office was a failure. Only 39% describe it as a success. The news doesn't get better the more you dig in. Two-thirds of independents said Biden's first year was a failure, while more than 9 in 10 Republicans, 91%, agreed with that assessment. 66% of independents, 91% of Republicans 80% of Democrats called it a success, but 15% of his own party said it was a failure. 
There is nothing good in the polling. CNN running a poll of polls. They're surveying all the polls. They can find nothing good. Let me give you the real clear politics breakdown. It's brutal. USA Today Suffolk has him down 18. Rasmussen has him down 19. Harvard Harris Poll has him down 17. Reuters Ipsos has him down 10. ABC News Washington Post has him down 19. Fox News, which has had the most favorable polling to Joe Biden, Fox News has been the most favorable to Joe Biden, has him now down 13 points. The Economist YouGov poll has him down six. The Political Morning Consult poll, concert, uh, Morning Consult poll has him down nine. But it gets worse. In uh, a, a Yahoo News YouGov poll has him down about 15. Now, keep in mind that Rasmussen, uh, people view it as a Republican pollster, even though it's trying to be objective, but it's among 1,500 likely voters. That's got him down 19. The USA Today Suffolk poll is among registered voters, not even people who are sure to show up to vote, and he's down by 18 points. And the Harris-Harvard or, or Harvard-Harris poll, it's among registered voters, not likely voters, and it's got him down 17. The Reuters-Ipsos poll is all Americans. Not registered voters, not likely voters, all Americans, and it's still got him down nine, but or down ten rather. But the ABC News Washington Post poll has among registered voters, he's down nineteen points, which is the Rasmussen territory among likely voters. It's really bad. NPR has him down fifteen among registered voters. It's really bad. He's at an all-time negative job approval number right now. And it gets worse for the Democrats because of the congressional ballot, the generic ballot. Who do you want in charge? Republicans back up to 3.7% of the nuclear politics polling average. ABC News Washington Post has the Republicans at plus seven. Plus seven. Fox News, which had had the Democrats in charge forever, suddenly says uh, by four points, people would prefer the Republicans in charge. And Fox has not changed its sample. So the Fox poll I find most interesting because of the trend lines. The trend lines had been for the Democrats and suddenly for the Republicans without a change in the makeup of the poll. These are real problems for the Democrats. And so I need you to understand a couple of things that are about to start happening very, very quickly. The media is going to start running all-out interference for Joe Biden and the Democrats. What they're going to do is denounce anyone who says anything negative about Biden in Ukraine. You're already seeing this. Think of all the stories you've encountered in the last week about Republicans sympathetic to Putin. The Republicans have rallied to Ukraine. But notice how the media fixated on Republicans. Did you know that the, the Democratic Socialists of America who have backed Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and the squad, they've come out in favor of Putin. Have you heard any major news outlets talk about that? They announced it on their Twitter feed. I saw it myself. Have you heard any major news outlets talk about that? The Working Family Party's Rashida Tlaib is going to, or no, um, yeah, Rashida Tlaib is going to give a uh, response to the State of the Union for the Working Families Party. They support Putin. And the socialists, have you heard about that? No, of course you haven't. 
Y'all, the media and the Democrats have got to do damage control for Joe Biden. All of the present polling, the stuff that's come out over the weekend, the stuff I haven't even gotten to yet, shows the public views his handling of Ukraine poorly. When everyone in his administration comes out and says sanctions were meant to deter and they didn't get deterred, and then Biden comes out and says, oh, we didn't mean to deter Putin. Everyone in your administration said you did. We're headed, if this is right, to a tsunami, not a red wave. When you have the ABC News Washington Post poll, which is not friendly to Republicans, by seven points, likely voters say they would prefer the Republicans in charge. That's really, really, really bad. The Democrats, all they've got right now is to scream at you and to tell you you're not patriotic if you're not staying with Biden. Steve Schmidt, the idiot on MSNBC who worked with the Lincoln Project, came after me last night for pointing out that Grandpa Dementia has been dithering on this. doesn't like it that I called Biden Grandpa Dementia, but my gosh, have you seen Joe Biden lately? Grandpa Dementia is dithering over Ukraine. He's costing us our moral leadership of the free world. And he came out, you're just a handmaiden to authoritarianism, Erickson. Stop being a traitor to your country. My gosh, the left-wing hate on Twitter. I should play you the voicemail from the woman who was so angry with me. She called my office after 11 o'clock last night and left a voicemail. Mr. Erickson, how dare you criticize the chosen one? You are an apologist for Donald Trump furious with me for calling him Grandpa Dementia. How dare you? We're at war. No, we're not at war. We are not at war. He has patently refused to go to war for Ukraine. He has refused to do anything until after the Europeans signed off on it. He has abdicated our position in the world to the Ukrainian-backed uh, uh, Europeans. Not even not, to Ukraine, to, to the European Union. Whatever they say he'll do. We are the leader of the free world, not them. When Europe tries to lead, things go bad for the world. But he can't bring himself to make up his mind. And by the way, you should know this is important. Very important. The rest of the world realizes this too. And the American public realizes this too. And the data is overwhelmingly bad for him in the polling on how he's handling Ukraine. The people who saw him abandon Americans on the battlefield in Afghanistan understand now that he's not leading in Ukraine. But an election is coming and the Democrats need you to be browbeaten into believing that he is leading. And if you dare to contradict them, Somehow you are against patriotism. You're against the president at the time of war. No, you're just pointing out the truth and they don't like it. It's very unfortunate. Now, I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile before I get into commercial break. Patriot Mobile. Guys, listen, uh, you know, there's another company out there that claims that they're a conservative cell phone provider. And that company has a liberal and a conservative wing. And they pay some conservatives to talk about the conservative side of the company and ignore the other side of the company and claim that they're pure as the driven snow and, and you should you should be talking about them. And, and I'm telling you, I know the guys at Patriot Mobile, they are true conservatives, true patriots, 
and they give a portion of their profits to the conservative cause. And they got great customer service. It's all 100% U.S.-based. You can call them and tell them I sent you. You get free activation. 973-PATRIOT is their phone number. Or you can go online, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Now listen, Patriot Mobile uses the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you get great service, 5G, digital, you get voice, you get data. It's great. And they are actually real conservatives. They're not playing you. They're being truthful. They only support conservatives. They don't have a side business helping progressives. It's just them. And they're a good group of people. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. They give you great discounts. You're a veteran, first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. They're just a good company, good people with great service. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on this here program. Uh, Let's go to the phones. John, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hi, Eric. I was just wondering what you thought of. Since Biden can't talk for no more than 10 minutes, should he elect somebody to do the speech for him tomorrow night? (laughs) He probably should. Um, You know, considering how often the the White House uses like Muppets and others, they could bring in Kermit the Frog and let him do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, John. I'm, you know, he is going to speak tomorrow night. Who knows how long it's going to be? It's going to be a late night for him. He's gone to Delaware to rest while the rest of the world is fixated on Ukraine. Biden decided to go on holiday and, and, uh, you know, they could have pushed the state of the union. He was really looking to use the state of the union to reassess, uh, and reset, I guess I should say, uh, the, the state of things for his administration. He's not going to be able to now. And, oh, 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 there's breaking news. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Ted Deutsch uh, it has announced his retirement from Congress. Uh, that means there are now 31 Democrats, 31, who are quitting Congress. And again, for perspective, it was July of 2010 before we got to 35 and we had 35. We're already at 31. 35 Democrats in 2010 during the Tea Party wave. 35 Democrats called it quits. Uh, Ted Deutsch represents the Miami area. Uh, his district has uh, covered the Broward County area, Palm Beach. Uh, big advocate uh, for Jewish relations. Uh, pretty progressive guy, but loved Israel. And he is quitting Congress. He will be the 31st Democrat. And again, for perspective, in 2010, the last brutal, brutal, brutal election cycle for Democrats. 35 of them quit in the run-up to the general election. And um, that was not until July of 2010. We're at 31, and it's February 28th. That's bad. That's really bad for the Democrats. Uh, And so now all of this sets the stage for Joe Biden tomorrow night showing up at Congress to uh, speak. And I don't know what he can say to reset. Uh, He's going to say, of course, that the state of our union is strong, but is it really? Does anyone believe that? I wish he'd just be honest and come out and say, look, things are bad right now. 
Some people blame me. Don't necessarily think it's my fault. I get the people do because I'm in charge. But here's what I'm going to do to fix it. I'm going to increase our natural gas and oil production. I know we got to worry about climate change, but right now we can't worry about climate change when people are uh, don't have enough money to pay for gas to put it in their car. We got to worry about that first. You, you, it would be great if he just did something like that, but he's not going to. He's going to try to pretend that it's the other side's fault and and nobody should blame him, and it was all Donald Trump. Here's the problem. The Republicans control nothing in Washington. When you see Joe Biden at the State of the Union tomorrow night, he's going to be standing in front of Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris. There will be no Republican up there. Oh, well, when we come back, can we talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene for just a moment, please? It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.